What's up, Next Level people? In this episode, we're going to dive into Christopher Morga's story of how he went into and transitioned out of the military with little to no direction, and because of that, wound up losing his home, breaking down in the middle of his kid's room, but then eventually went on to be able to coach other people that are in that same exact spot get out of that really dark place. All this week, we are focusing on stories from veterans for veterans, and we need your help. These episodes can only go as far as our listeners, just like you, are willing to share them. So it would be a huge honor to have you partner with us. Give us a review on iTunes and share these episodes so that their impact can go much farther than they could go just on their own. And now... Let's get to the episode. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another Next Level People episode. This is kicking off the first of five episodes for Veterans Week. Uh, Veterans Day, obviously, is today if you're listening to it. uh, And I'm super excited about this. It's something that, I mean, regardless of your political stance or what you think about war or the military... The fact of the matter is these people are humans regardless of your political stance. And so for that reason alone, we need to support and help and love our veterans. And that's what this entire week is about. And so today, Rena and I get an opportunity to speak with Christopher Morga. And he's just just looking at his... LinkedIn profile and hearing the things that Rena said about him and then the quick five, ten minutes or whatever it was before we actually started this episode. I'm excited about this because he is in the business of helping people and not the fluffy rainbows, cotton candy type stuff where you put it in your mouth and it's all of a sudden gone. There's no substance to it. It's real. And I'm excited about that. So we're going to be helping veterans. And this is also applicable to anybody that is in the marketplace to know how to stand out in the marketplace, how to set up your resume for success. Uh, But we are going to be gearing it specifically towards veterans that are transitioning either out of the military or will be soon or have been on the market for a year and are just struggling. Either way, veterans and Christopher, thank you for your service to our country. My pleasure, first off. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited about this. So real quick, uh, I want to know, I mean, who are you, right? Let's, <laughs> let's, let's go with the, the 60 to 90 second elevator pitch. What are you all about? It's very quick. You know, when you come up with a, an elevator pitch, you got to think about who you are and what you offer and what your value proposition is to people, right? So, you know, I try to keep it as simple and clean as possible I'm just a Navy vet, came out, didn't know what to do, and want to help as many people as possible. I've been through the highs and lows, gone through homelessness and losing a job, making it all the way to Wall Street and battling the recruiters and the HR people and understanding the processes around going through a successful job hunt and keeping those processes organized like I learned in the military. Mm. I love it. And so let's let's dive into uh, a, kind of your, your transition story because I'm looking at your, your profile and just hearing what you just said. Let's, let's dive into that. Talk to me about you're in the Army, right? 
Or no, Navy. You said I was Navy. In the Navy. 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 Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. You're gonna start a cross uh, a cross military war here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're in the Navy, uh, and then talk to me about that transition period and and what that was like, and where where were your failures, and what were the lessons that you learned in there? I know that that was a very loaded question, but I'm just I'm just wanted to set the stage for everybody listening. No, no problem at all. You know, I mean, I went, I was the type of guy that went into high school, you know, local boy, invincible, can take on everything and really had no direction and came out of high school and decided that I wanted to serve the country and follow in my family's footsteps. So I had to pick and choose and I joined the Navy and had to strike for my rate because I really didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, you think you want to be a pilot. I wanted to go for that. You watch all the Navy SEAL movies. You want to be a Navy SEAL. But I still had no direction. So I wound up landing on an operations specialist rate, which I got to say was the coolest rate because you work in combat information centers. So you sit right next to the captain. You know everything that's happening beforehand. And uh, I spent my time in the Persian Gulf, and it completely got me out of that invincibility mode where you think I can do anything and then you realize how many thousands of miles you are away from mom and dad and you realize okay this is scary yeah so I had completed my tours and came home and that's when it hit me that I didn't specialize in anything other than operations specialist which the only civilian counterpart to that is air traffic control Mm -hmm. and those are ridiculous hours and I said do I really want to do this so again even thinking that I would find my path in the military, I didn't. And now I'm home and I have all this military time under my belt, still no direction, nowhere to go. And I had the only thing I knew I could do is I had the gift of gab and I just love talking to people. So the only other option was sales. Mm-hmm. And I jumped into the sales arena and specifically uh, car sales. I know everybody's wincing right now when they go, oh, great, <laughs> car sales. <laughs> yeah. But I jumped into car sales because it was fairly easy and it was a direction that I could go that I could command the pay and the success I had. Right. It wasn't someone telling me you're worth this. I could make as much as I want or I could make as, as little as I want. So I decided on the car sales side. And I spent about 14, 15 years in that field and transitioned over to training and development and training all the finance directors and things like that. And it, it was it was still no direction. It was a sales job that just kept me there 12 hours a day. And believe me, there's so many stories in the car sales business that you would think you have something to transition to, but you really don't. And it kind of morphed into consulting hmm. because of that sales aspect. So you can see the trajectory. There's always that underlying commonality right. that was the sales. And you know, it turned into consulting, and then uh, the bottom dropped out. Hmm. The bottom dropped out, and we lost the job, and I was homeless, and I lost uh, everything. You know, So that kind of led me to a horrible, horrible place in my life, a horrible feeling. And I just felt like I have to do something for other people. So I don't have to see other people go through this because Mm. plainly speaking, it sucked. Yeah, it really did. It really, really did. So, you know, that, that whole transition of defining who I was and understanding who, who Christopher Morgan was and what's my purpose, what's my why Mm. Coming from a sales background, it developed over time. It's not 
something that was magically there and you right. just pop up and go, oh, this is it. This is how it works. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's where I decided, you know, I need to help people. I have to have something more for my kids to see more than anything. Mm -hmm. So that way they can see that dad's doing something of good worth. And, um, you know, it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. So the path that I took was just keeping myself accountable and making sure that I was getting up and doing the things necessary. The job search it's been the same for generations. There's nothing different. It's just mm -hmm. the small details people get overwhelmed with. And I figured out a way to just hold myself accountable and kind of kick my own butt yeah. to get up, get out there, and do what I needed to do. So not an easy transition, but it's mm -hmm. definitely attainable for everybody. It really is. It's just hold yourself accountable. There's no secret sauce. Yeah. So <laughs> talk to me about the whole accountability side because I feel like regardless of whether you're in the military or, or not, that accountability piece in entrepreneurship or in the job search or, or fill in the blank really with almost anything. How did you, how did you keep yourself accountable? Were there uh, like tips and tricks that somebody taught you? Was it just like you had some system that worked for you specifically or what, what did that look like? As a matter of fact, I did use something from another coach that's very well renowned. Her name is Mel Robbins. Oh, and she I wrote love Mel called, Robbins. She's awesome. Isn't she awesome? Yeah. She wrote that book, The Five Second Rule. Mm -hmm. And that was something that really changed my life, too, because I had a lot of problems with just the fear and the anxiety. I knew what steps I needed to take, but I just was so afraid that they were going to fail. And the outside imagery of people looking at me as a total failure mm -hmm. kind of helped me keep accountable to myself. And then as I was going through these things and using Mel Robbins' theory of 54321, I was writing them down and saying, okay, well, there's preparation that needs to be involved. There's implementation and then there's deployment of everything that I'm doing on a step-by-step -step basis. And then it started coming to me as I was writing them down that mm -hmm. these are the things that I did and that everybody else around me did when they were job hunting that proved to be successful. And that's where you see on LinkedIn the coaching delivery life cycle or the CDLC that yeah. I created. Yeah. So that, those were definitely the things that helped me be accountable. It's just writing them down and keeping cognizant of what I was doing and what type of results I was getting from them. Because yeah. we see those on a daily basis, you know, we have to have some type of metrics or results. Otherwise, what are we what are we going for? What are we attaining? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just so anybody that's listening right now, Mel Robbins, the uh, five second rule is. I mean, if you if you want to cliff notes it or TLDR, too long didn't read it. Uh, it's basically you've got this thing. <laughs> that is scaring you or you don't want to get up in the morning or whatever the situation might be, you count down from five, four, three, two, one, and then you get up and do it. And it's basically, you're not giving yourself an option. You're not counting up to five because there's more numbers that you can get to after that. Five, four, three, two, one, do it. Uh, and that's the very layman's term of that that's the very short cliff notes version of that but it's, it's so very powerful. oh yeah very have you so i'm geeking out about mel robbins with you right now <laughs> do you do you know who uh tom bilyeu is yes okay impact theory have you yep. if you have not listened to his interview with mel robbins it's so good it is so good so anybody that's listening <laughs> yeah anybody that's listening uh Check that out. Tom Bill, you should drop the link theory. in the comments. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was just going to say, put it in show notes or something like that. Yeah. It's yeah. fantastic. I will. 
It is. And all these things hold you accountable. And it, like, you know, like I said before, it's not any secret sauce. It really isn't. And if I can do it, anybody can. You know, yeah. and that's kind of one of the things that I tell a lot of my clients is to empower them and just say, just take it, break it down, simple step by step. We get so overwhelmed with so many things that we have to do. It's just one step at a time. Exactly. Life is one step at a time. Yep. You know, so yep. that's what I try to hold a, a lot of clients. You know, sometimes I've been told, wow, Chris, you really beat me up in this whole program. But I don't mean to hurt anyone through it. I just want to make sure that you're doing the best that you can possibly do mm. so you can achieve some type of results. Even if they're small results, it doesn't matter. As long as you're going forward, you probably see that hashtag forward mm. ad nauseum that I put up. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just just move forward. Life will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's I think for the I mean, I'm just speaking about myself right now, but generalizing it to the majority of the population is that remaining faithful to the first step or whatever step you are in is one of the greatest disciplines that you can create for yourself. Because a lot of times people, they say, okay, I want to get a job and they want to be at step 23, Mm -hmm. which is actually working at that dream job, but they're not doing the work in step one to get to it. And so remain faithful with whatever the step is that you're in right now and do it really, really well. Um, and so let's let's dive into some of those steps and and transitioning veterans. How do they translate military into civilian language? Well, the first step, whether you're going from military to civilian or or um, whether you're a civilian to civilian, mm-hmm. the first step is preparing yourself for that job search and trying to identify exactly what it is you're looking for, because just blindly. Um, just blindly putting job applications out there on the job boards, there's a stat out there that only 3% of people are getting jobs from just job boards alone. So the first step is definitely the preparation, identifying where do you want to go? What experience did you gain in the military or what soft skills can be translatable into Mm -hmm. the civilian sector? Those, Those, some people discount. A lot of people discount those skills and say, oh, well, they're not going to be really valuable to me absolutely they are every single one of them so identify exactly what it is that you want to do and take the preparation around that and when i say take the preparation we have all these things like linkedin shameless plug (laughs) yeah exactly like linkedin (laughs) that are set up as our digital handshake or our Mm -hmm. digital business card that are right there for you to put yourself out there and for people to understand who you are we hear the term brand all the time, but it's you know, simply put, it's who you are and what you do and what you specialize in. Yeah. So start preparing around those. Yeah. Real A lot quick. Of people say, don't go ahead. That the idea of figuring out and preparing for what you actually want to do, you coming out of the military uh, and even going into the military, you didn't know what you mm-hmm. wanted to do. And uh, so that's partially one of the, one of the big reasons why you had that, that big, Oh crap moment um, when you're homeless <laughs> yeah. and trying to figure everything out. How how do you suggest somebody to because that I feel like that is the first step is figuring out what in the world do I actually want? Like what am I going to get joy from that I could do? Even like you don't even have to be married to it for 20 years. But what what do you want to do mm-hmm. now? How do you how do you suggest to your clients that they figure that out? That's the hardest question. 
that really is the hardest question because it's the initial moment and it's a lot of self-reflection. And, you know, we're trained where we look at the negatives and we go, oh, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. Sometimes you'll hear people say that keep cognizant of your emotions. Mm -hmm. If you're doing something on a daily basis and it feels really good and it feels like something that, wow, it gives you a passion or it gives you some type of, of success feeling, note that down. That's part of where you're going. That's part of identifying who you are and what you want to do because it gave you the joy. It gave you that feeling of satisfaction. That's something that'll help you start to go towards what you really want to do. So the first step I would say is keep conscious of your own inner feelings and understanding what you're going for and what you're doing on a daily basis because we always have those moments every single day where you feel bad, you feel good. Take note of those good feelings because those are gears towards going what you want to do. So you you had said earlier that you had the gift of gab and you knew that you were good at that and that you were able to apply that to car sales for 14 years. Mm-hmm. And even after you became homeless, didn't you go back to a stint of doing that? I did. I did because I had to bring... I had to bring some type of money in and, you know, really embarrassing. I'll be really quick with this, but really embarrassing story was when we were homeless and we were in the midst of losing our home. And right before that, I went back to getting a job at a a local laundromat Mm -hmm. because I knew I needed to bring money in. And it was so embarrassing because it was in my my hometown. All these people I graduated high school with, I'm now washing and folding their laundry. And, you know, you talk about hat in hand. I mean, it felt yeah. terrible, but I just kept knowing that I had to do more. I had to do more. I, I mentioned to Rena on our call that, you know, there was that moment when it was all packed up. And in the military, you're, you, you try to be tough as nails and, and things like that. But when everything was packed up and we lost the house, I remember walking into my kid's room and I stood in the middle of the room and lost it. Absolutely yeah. lost it. You know, I tried not to be that emotional. I have to be tough for my children. I have to be tough for my wife. I have to be the one that they lean on. But I was a mess. Yeah. I was an absolute mess of a failure. And I felt like there was no, there was nowhere to go forward in that. How do I even do this? And I'll tell you, it was my wife. My mm. wife was the one that looked at me and said, this is not the end. Let's keep going forward. And hashtag forward was born. But, you know, that going back to that and going back to cars because I knew that gift of gab and just being able to talk to people and identify with people, that was it. So I did have to go back to cars because it was the only thing I knew. It was the only thing I knew I was strong at and it made money. Mm -hmm. So I did go back to that. And then that's where my recruiting and coming into the staffing world came into play because I got a call that said, Hey, you know, coding, you know, technology, you know, project management, would you mind being a recruiter for the IT space? And I'll tell you what, I took that job out of complete anger because no recruiters were calling me, nothing was happening. And I said, I want to know what's going on behind the Iron Curtain. I want to know what's happening because there's families attached to the under end of this phone. And just normal, just normal, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just class. You have to make sure that you touch these people and make sure that they know, close the loop for them. Mm -hmm. So that way they can be held accountable as well. And that jumped off this whole thing of, uh, of being in the staffing world and helping people out. That's awesome. I love that. And I love too, that like, 
you wanted to know the other side so that you could give people a better first just that lame formatter you know of sorry we're going with another candidate mm-hmm. oh i can't stand that i hate that <laughs> yeah no it's it's i'm it's funny that you the way you got into staffing is different i accidentally got into staffing uh I think where, we all do right yeah i think that's like <laughs> if you apply for a job as a recruiter you're automatically re- rejected because you have to accidentally stumble into it. No, but yeah, so I accidentally got into it, but quickly realized the same kind of disdain because uh, how long ago was it now? It was a while ago. I lost my job um, and I was on that other side where it just like, it sucks. And I realized all the stuff that people complained about recruiters was actually true. They really, yeah, not all of them, but a lot of them suck. Like they just <laughs> like, it's, I feel like a prerequisite to becoming a recruiter is you have to get fired and not get hired for a certain amount of time so you know what it feels like and then you can become a recruiter because it's just that level of empathy that yeah. is absent so many times with recruiters um so that's a really strong statement too you have to understand that empathy and you have to go through it to be able to to relate to them i like that a lot yeah no it's i mean that's the whole reason behind like everything I do on LinkedIn now and this podcast and it's because I don't want people to feel the way that I felt before and that's the same thing that you're doing your thing for is you don't want people to feel that way it really sucks especially for our vets you know our vets are are putting their lives on the line for this country and Mm -hmm. they deserve a lot better they deserve at least a, I'm sorry, but we're going to be moving forward. But here's the reasons why, yeah. you know, and just the feedback is so helpful to them to help them level up, you know, to to kind of get forward in a big way and not keep making the same mistakes after they put their lives on the line for the country. Yeah, exactly. So the first step is the, the preparation, figure out what you actually want and then right. what? The preparation is to figure out what you want, and then you want to start building your framework around that. And again, we go back to the LinkedIn um, profile that you want to set that up. So that way it tells the story of what you do and how it translates into the civilian sector. So you got to get prepared first, because when you move on to the implementation phase of the program, what you're doing is you're now letting everyone know that not necessarily you're a subject matter expert, Mm-hmm. in that particular area but now you're reaching out to these people of your target direction and the companies that you want to get into so all of these digital profiles and all of all of your messaging has to be cohesive and consistent so that's where the preparation comes in to move into that implementation because now everybody's going to be looking at you now that you people know that you're back they know that your job transitioning they're going to be looking at everything under the sun you know as a recruiter the first thing you do is start checking linkedin linkedin right. you check google for any criminal backgrounds or anything like that so you got to make sure that that's all tight mm-hmm. and it's ready to go and then the implementation phase is just opening up that dialogue and opening up a conversation don't lead with your ask and don't say hi it's nice to connect with you can you get me a job Right. Don't lead with that. It's about relationships right now. And we've come back to a point where building those relationships and cultivating things like this that mm-hmm. we're doing right here is so important. It's human to human connection. There's so much value in that. Yeah. So that that's definitely the second part of it is letting people know 
what you're prepared to do and what you bring to the table that's a value to their organization or even as an entrepreneur what you can do to bring value to the people that are searching out your service or business mm-hmm. yeah no it's i was just talking to somebody earlier today because we're recruiting for several different roles uh but the communication and how you communicate to people i was talking about it in reference to uh the people I'm reaching out to. So the individuals that I think this person might actually be a, be good for this job. I want to have a conversation with them. And the best response that I can get is I don't care if you say yes or no, that's neither here nor there. But when people say, man, I love how you reached out to me or you did it so differently than the other 18.2 billion recruiter messages that I get. I love that. And the reason they do that is because I'm speaking or I'm writing as if I'm talking to the person and I'm interested Mm -hmm. in that person. I go through the, I take an extra, maybe it's 30 seconds, maybe it's a 60 seconds to figure out what is something on their profile that I can say, Hey, I like that. Or that's cool that you did that. Or something. You just find something. Yeah. And identify commonalities. Yeah. Yeah. Identify the commonalities. Reach out to them. Make sure that is the first thing that you mention. Because, again, everybody that's listening, you like it when somebody's interested in you. And yeah. so you want to make whoever it is that you're reaching out to feel like they are interesting. Uh, and. Even if like you're like, man, this is the most blank LinkedIn profile I've ever seen. They literally just have the job titles for the past 10 years. I don't know what to look at. Just talk to them as if right as if you're talking to them, like just having a conversation at a coffee shop or something like that and make it as normal as possible and give them an out too, because a lot of times when people reach out to recruiters or when I recruiters reach out to candidates, it's basically, Hey, hard sell, hard sell, hard sell. I need you to do X, Y, Z or else. And it's not those exact words, but you, that's the feeling that people get when you don't give them an out. So say, Hey, I know that you probably even make, make a comment. Like I know you probably get 18.2 billion in mails from random people like me. I get it. And so whether or not, you end up wanting to have a conversation. I would love to just have you have a, as a connection because networking is so important and you seem like you would be a really good person to know. Uh, yeah. And really just make it about that person and how awesome they are because I'm pretty sure everybody listening to this right now has gotten those like, hey, I need X from you, or you've probably, even if you haven't gotten it on LinkedIn, everybody knows about those Nigerian Prince scam emails where it's (laughs) like, Hey, I have a hundred thousand dollars. Just got one today. (laughs) Yeah. A hundred thousand dollars in gold and I want to transfer it to somebody. I need your help. And it's, that's what people sound like when you ask right away Mm -hmm. for something, it's like, Oh, okay. It's a scam or they don't care about anything. They just need me to do something for them. It's not good. Uh, you know what I like that you said is that you said talking to them. Mm-hmm. And I really like that because a lot of times, you know, when you get career coaches or you get career consultants or counselors, a lot of times they're talking at them. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make someone feel human. Right. Talking to them is is much better, much more effective. 
And again, we go back to those identifying the commonalities and the human to human connection. So I love how you said that is talking to them. Not yeah. Like yeah. I mean, it's just like this conversation right here. It's just like we're sitting down having a cup of coffee or something like that. And we've never met before. And it's it's fine. We can just talk. That's yeah. the people that you want to reach out to. Believe it or not, they bleed blood just like you. They're just human. That's yeah. all it is to it. Exactly. right. Um, so what are some resources? Because one of the <laughs> biggest challenges that uh, people transitioning out of the military. It's just that translation on paper where they, they have their rank of like, I'm an E whatever, and I did X, Y, and Z, but it's very military speak. And they go into uh, a job interview or they apply and they're like, I have no idea what the hell you actually did. Like, or car sales. <laughs> like, how, how were you able to change the language there? Yeah, You know, and I was just going to answer that with that question is that the leadership skills is what I translated. That was the only thing I could leverage because the sales and being able to talk to people and communicate effectively gave me a little bit of a leg up because it gave me those leadership skills to be able to transition into car sales. I wasn't afraid to walk up to the next customer and say, hi, can I help you today? Or what are you looking for today? So immediately from that standpoint, I was able to transition very quickly because it showed leadership skills and it showed that I wasn't afraid of other people. So a lot of times you can transition into that. And I I have a client now that is an army logistics um, Mm -hmm. professional that just got back from Kandahar and we're going through that right now of how to translate what his skills are in the military and what would be the civilian sector or in relation to the civilian sector. And I would say to a lot of the people transitioning, get some help, reach out to someone, whether it be, it doesn't have to be a coach, it doesn't have to be a counselor, or even someone who's a professional in the civilian sector or the private sector, reach out to them because they've seen this before. Mm -hmm. They've done this before. And right now experience is key and not necessarily your own experience, but the experience of the people that care about you around you. And it's okay to reach out to them. You don't have to feel lost or you don't have to feel like Mm -hmm. this person's going to think I'm an idiot. Don't worry about that. Just reach out to the people that may have a little bit of more of an answer for you and let them help you. It's okay to be helped. In the military, you're supposed to be tough as nails and you're supposed to defend the country. But when you come home, you're home now. You're safe. And reach Mm -hmm. out to the people that care about you and let them help you. Yeah, that is such a good point because like you said in the military it's like no you got to figure this thing out you're tough as nails like you said you're not going to fail just figure it out but mm-hmm. i mean that pride is something that's going to punch you in the face harder than anything you've been hit with if Absolutely. you don't reach out to somebody for that help and people actually they legitimately want to help like that's the people that you know that love you that care for you even even people that maybe you've never met try that the those tactics that we were talking about where you just reach out and and just legitimately ask for help uh and just make sure that it's not like a hey i need your help to get me a job start off with relationship first and just kind of get the conversation going and it might take a few of those conversations before you actually get somebody to help you but it's worth it you have those relationships, that network that you get because of it is so incredibly important. 
Consistency is key too. Don't give up. Don't give up. Just keep going. Just keep going and keep making sure you're reaching out to those people. Mm-hmm. I kind of like what you said too about, you know, when somebody walks onto the car lot and you're like, so tell me what you're looking for. I mean, a conversation of somebody looking for a job too can be that as well. Mm-hmm. And I like what you told me about, you know, you never tried to push a Mercedes onto somebody. You met them where they were. You tried to learn more about what they were looking for and you really tried to find the right car for them. Yes. Absolutely. You don't have to oversell on things. And I learned that the hard way. I mean, when I first got into car sales, first got into recruiting, I was trying to find the margins, make sure that we're making the most money and, you know, doing all these type of things that people didn't need. And mm-hmm. you don't have to do that. And you have a choice not to do that. You know, coincidentally, we were talking yesterday about where I am now. And uh, this is actually the first time I'm saying this out loud. But I as a coach, I have my own practice, but I just partnered with a company that staffs light industrial Mm. type of people as well. And I wanted to do that for a couple of reasons. One, because I feel like, why is it that, you know, I'm a Forbes coach or I'm a certified coach. Why is it that only people that have a certain amount of money can get my services, but the blue collar people of America that run the backbone of this country, why don't they deserve the same services? Mm. So I had 19 offers over the summer of all staffing companies that wanted me to come work for them. But I found this one company that they took me to lunch and I met these people. They were husbands, wives, sons, daughters, fathers. And that really resonated to me because they were just great, normal people. And I said, you know what? Here's an opportunity to be able to give other people that can't necessarily afford coaching services, give them a shot and give them some of the techniques and some of the tips that we use in the mm-hmm. staffing industry, especially on the agency side, to give them a leg up. They have wives and kids and husbands too. Why don't they deserve the same level of excellence that we get yeah. everybody else? I love that. I love that. I was just having a conversation uh, not that long ago. So the CEO of my company, uh, he's just crazy smart, but he has a heart for people uh, just like that, where he was for a long time wanted to start a grocery store specifically he did, he could care less about like the grocery store itself but the people that work there he was like i could actually give those people leadership lessons to where they could go and do something better than just bagging groceries they can go out and maybe they can make a lot more money than just what i'm paying them here at this grocery yeah. store and yeah. just that heart behind and the same reason why i choose time and time again not to charge for this some of the i mean i'll I'll have phone calls with people and i specifically choose not to charge because i have been there and i know what it's like and because i can i'm it's if i if i weren't already paid as a recruiter and everything like that maybe it would be different but because i have the option to not do it i love that i get to do that for the people that couldn't pay you know it's such a it's so freeing it's so freeing yeah you know i know i know rena loves the car the car business stories and you know the one of the one of the stories that i have that just made me feel so disgusting and that's when i said that was the moment that i said i'm not going to push people to something else is i had uh, i had just started i was working in a a lower end i was working in a chevy dealership Mm -hmm. and this young kid came in and now i'm I'm a big car buff, so I knew everything about their about their product that possibly was. This kid came in, it was 19 years old, and, and his father was buying him the car, and the kid was just a jerk to me. And I just came out of the military, just started. 
he was a jerk. Now, one of the the car people are going to hate me for this, but <laughs> one of the things is that you know no one really knows what a used car is supposed to cost or what a dealership takes it in as. Mm-hmm. No one really knows. There's so many different numbers. So we owned this 1994. Uh, Chevy Camaro T-Tops convertible. It was in good condition. We owned it for about Mm $3,000. This kid was such a jerk to me and just so like demeaning after I came home from military. I sold it to him for (laughs) (laughs) $19,000. That's awesome. And his dad bought it. And, you know, it was great because, you know, that next commission check, I was like, wow, look at this. This is great. I'm doing this forever. It was fantastic. But then after that, you go cash the check. And uh, me and my wife went on cruises. We were going everywhere. It was fantastic. And then I realized I feel so dirty. (laughs) I felt terrible. And that's when I vowed. I said, you know what? I am never putting a Toyota customer in a Mercedes again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So real quick, I know that we're coming up on time. But I want to figure out if if you – had just three things that you want our vets to hear from you. If they just fast forwarded to whatever minute this is right now, and they only heard three things from you that would help them in their transition, what would those three things be? Open up to your network and let them in. Mm. Don't be so tough. The second thing would be start connecting with other people. Start bringing your value out and bringing your talent and bringing who you are. Be proud of yourself. Mm. You just came back and you protected every single person that you look at and talk to. You protected their lives. So start opening up your connections and let those people know who you are and that you were proud to serve them because that's it. You served them. And then the third thing is stay the course. In the military, you have a very regimented course and a very rigid step-by-step process on how you make rate and how you advance through that Follow that same process. Reach out to those people. They'll give you the process. The people that care about you will give you the process. Follow the same process. You don't have to take away who you are and who you've become because you served in the military and lose that. Keep it with you because it makes you a better person. And it makes you someone that's going to be always on the side of the people. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Love it. Very good. So, Christopher, if somebody wanted to get in contact with you or just wanted to connect with you, where do you want them to do that? I would love for people to reach out to me for LinkedIn. I mean, it's just such a great platform, and I really love being empowering to other people. So reach out to me on LinkedIn. I will have a revamped and brand new website coming in the next couple of weeks where everybody will be able to reach out to me. And I want to make it seamless. I don't want to make it where you have to go through millions of different pages and stuff like that. So that'll be coming in the next two weeks. It'll be on LinkedIn. But if you want to reach me, reach out to me on LinkedIn and uh, and we'll talk and we'll set something up. Beautiful. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you go. Find him on LinkedIn. Look at for, look out for his new and amazing website. And Christopher, thank you so much, man. I really Guys, enjoyed thank this. thank you so much, really.